0: This scripture reading is from the 13th chapter of Matthew. It begins with the 24th verse. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, well, do you want us to go out and to gather and to uproot them? And He replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat, that is, along with them. But both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. And the field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Son of man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, while there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. But anyone with ears, listen. Well, at harvest time, when you're harvesting wheat, the combine comes along and and fills up its hopper, and then when that hopper gets full, it has to load it off into the truck. And when the truck gets full, it has to go in to the granary. And when it goes into the granary and the grain's going to be sold in the town, the truck pulls up on the scale, and the truck gets weighed. And then it goes off and it dumps its load, and it comes back onto the scale. And it weighs the truck without the fruit of the harvest in it. And what we call that number is the tare, T-A-R-E, the tare of the truck. What it weighs without the fruit of the harvest in it so that they can get how much the fruit of the harvest weighs so that then the farmer can get paid when the granary sells the grain or buys it from the farmer. What's interesting about that is that this particular parable is often called the parable of the wheat and the tares, and I haven't found enough research yet to know that those two things are tied together, but I'm just guessing that that word is not very common. And tares are often referred to as a a plant called the bearded darnel, or and I'm sure my mom and dad will correct me if this is wrong, what we used to call cheat grass, C-H-E-A-T, like it was a cheater grass. And apparently in the Middle East, but around the world, this cheat grass or these tares, this bearded Darnell will will grow up, especially among other cultivated and planted things. Now cheat grass where I grew up, grew up all over the place on the prairie. But it will grow up with the wheat. And of course, its roots are completely intertwined with the wheat. If you've ever seen a wheat field, you know, there's no row, really. I mean, that yes, it's planted in a planter row, but it grows very together. There's no way for you to go in and to pull out these weeds while the wheat is coming up. And of course, Jesus' disciples and the people who heard this parable would have understood that from some particular perspective, that that happens, that that in that agriculture area, they would have understood how those things grow up together. And I think that it's interesting that and we're right in a section now in the Gospel of Matthew where there are some of these most famous parables, the parables about the seed and the parable about the yeast and the parable about the weeds and the wheat and the parable about the sower, all of these parables. And, and Matthew reminds us, as does most of the synoptic Gospels, that the disciples, that Jesus used parables, but most people didn't get them didn't understand them. The disciples especially, but in general. And so I'm going to be really honest with you. As much as I've studied these parables over and over again, the depth of meaning in them continues to be revealed. And probably things that I thought I knew about them in past history, I don't think that I know so confidently anymore. People often use parables, especially one like this, where the explanation comes down and is basically about who the evil people are and who the good people are, and they go, okay, well, we've got to figure out who's in and who's out. We've got to figure out who's wheat and who's tares or who's weeds. We've got to somehow figure that out because to know that will protect ourselves in some way from being around These evil people. The other thing I think that that happens in this parable is that Jesus acknowledges the existence, well, we would say sin in the in the parable it would be of evil in the midst of even those who are faithful, in the midst of those followers, those children of God, those good seeds that the Son of Man is planting that are being raised up. And so I started thinking about that bearded Darnell and how it, how it grows in with the wheat and I started thinking about our understanding of sin as not sins, these just acts that we commit, but sin as something that is so intertwined in our lives it's difficult to uproot it in the midst of our life. It's so interwoven and seamless among us that oftentimes we can't even see it for ourselves. And I wondered about that in this time, especially in this country, but around the world. For I think many of us, I'll speak for myself, are seeing things in the midst of our culture and our politics and our policies that I've not seen before. Things that are hurtful. Things that are so interwoven into my understanding of how the world is supposed to work that it's super difficult for me to begin to wrap my mind around how I could not have seen some of these things before. But it was like these tares, these weeds, just so interwoven into things that if you're just looking out on the field, you can't tell what's weed and what's wheat what I love about this passage too is that Jesus did not say to those who are following him, you've got to figure out what's weed and what's weed. You've got to be on guard all the time. Yes, Jesus calls us, calls us to examine ourselves, to see where we are broken, to see where our sin is being made manifest, and of course to see our cultural and our political and our national and local sins are being made. But ultimately, Jesus says, God, through the angels, is the one who at the end of time will reveal all of this to us. Will show us what is real and what is not, what is wheat and what is tear. And in some way that's comforting to me because while I think we all want to work hard to do the will of God in our lives. We know from the study of Scripture and from the study of our theology and and then when we delve into it, we know that we're gonna get it wrong most of the time. That the weeds, the sin is so seamlessly woven in that even when we are trying to do something good, it gets tainted with it. And so we hold on to this. Jesus has undone all of that brokenness. Jesus has overcome what we used to think of as the final word in our life, which is death. And in that end time, Jesus is going to reconcile through God everything. Everything will be put back to rights again. All people will will be made whole again. All relationships will be repaired again. And so while we in this time and this place are called to see where it is that the weeds have gotten into our own thinking, into our businesses, into our schools, into our policies, into our politics, into our culture, And I think we are called to seek to uproot those things within us and within all of those other entities as best we can, faithfully following the call of Jesus, that we might also trust that we're not going to get it right, that we must continue to work, but we work in the name of our Lord in the strength of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we long for that day when all things, all things, will be made right in Jesus Christ. And so may you search your heart, your mind, your life. May we, as a culture, as a church, as As a nation, may we search out where that sin and that evil and that brokenness has just intertwined its way into everything around us. May we seek to uproot it without uprooting the wheat. And may we trust in the one who has overcome death, who has overcome sin, and has set all things to right, and will do it again. Amen.